Welcome into another edition of the All Things Bama podcast powered by BamaCentral.com. I'm your host, Tyler Martin, and joined with me is the one and only Tony Sukalis, who covers everything uh, Alabama-related at BamaCentral.com. Tony, hope you're doing well, man, and spring football is, is amping up here in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, definitely. It's an exciting, it's an exciting time because, I mean, football runs everything. I know there's a lot of sports going on, but... Uh, it's always really, you know, exciting when we get to talk about football again and, and we're able to uh, don't get to see practices this spring uh, like in other springs. But uh, I, I'm pretty excited to be talking about football again. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. And I do want to mention softball, uh, baseball as well. And both of them are really in the meat of their uh, schedules. Uh, Alabama, unfortunately, took a loss in the midweek to UAB. Uh, for baseball in Birmingham on the meanwhile, meanwhile, softball was able to beat UAB. Uh, and then, you know, I was hoping we'd be sitting here talking about an Alabama Sweet 16 matchup or Elite Eight matchup coming up. You know, I really hope we would have been talking about that, Tony. Uh, but as we saw last weekend in, uh, in San, San Diego, uh, that just wasn't going to be the case. Uh, no, definitely. I think there's a lot of people that were hoping for that. I, you know, I, it wasn't too long ago that we were talking about like how Alabama was going to certainly get the 20 wins for the second straight year. And I that jinxed, didn't man. even happen. So uh, it was a rough ending for them. Um, it's probably a lot of people are excited about the beginning of spring camp just because it's able to turn the page and, and really kind of switch focuses from the basketball team because uh, it's a little bit more of a distraction um, because of how bad things ended and just such a sour taste in that program's mouth heading into the offseason. No, I take the blame for that. I jinxed them. It was before the A&M game. I was like, you know, going into the month of March, they've got a great chance to get 20 wins. And then went 0-4 in the most important month of the basketball calendar, unfortunately. And that, that <laughs> roster is shaping up quickly for next year. I mean, guys are moving out. You know, uh, the signees are getting ready to come in the summertime. Uh, Alex Chiku, uh, obviously in the transfer portal, Keon Ambrose Hilton. And we kind of expect more movement. Yeah, you would expect – there to be um yeah definitely some more movement I'm, I'm i'm thinking now what they're at the 13 you know if uh with losing those two yeah they'd be at the 13 i think if i'm doing the math right you, you gotta think that uh i think jay uh uh, uh jaden shackleford and uh jd davison are both leaving uh javon quinnelli was part of that that already left so like, yeah, so that's at least two more transfers. If those two guys leave, like you could add into the program. So it's going to be a busy off season. I expect both those guys to leave, but I expect all of them to replace them. And Alabama will be a player in the transfer portal. They always kind of are. Um, a lot of people like NATO. It's a system. I know things didn't end well, but they're going to have a lot of talent on that roster. They're bringing in, you know, guys like Brandon Miller, who's going to be probably a lottery pick, a one and done kind of guy. Um, you have people returning. You're going to have Namari Burnett. So it's going to be a fun team next year. Um, and it'll be interesting to see the complementary pieces they add once everything kind of kind of shifts together and we see who's leaving and who's coming in. But I'm expecting it to be one of the most talented rosters Alabama has had maybe in a long time. Yeah, and, and we obviously said that going into this past year as well, and the talent was there, just the inexperience, right, kind of doomed them, especially when Javon Quinley went down in the first three minutes of that game against Notre Dame. You get back, arguably, who was probably going to be the best shooter 
uh, on this team in Amari Burnett. I'm glad you mentioned him. Uh, Alabama's already doing a lot of work trying to get, um, you know, some of these guys uh, in the transfer portal from maybe some mid-majors, uh, right? I, you know, Nate Oates loves those guys, right? Because a lot of those guys just do the right things, right? And I think they're going to value toughness, effort, defense. They're going to value those things in the transfer portal. And I, I know a lot of Alabama fans are looking at, you know, some of these SEC transfers, right? Like a Kobe Brown, uh, potentially from Missouri. There was a lot of shakeup in this offseason already with the conferences and the coaches, um, and, and especially inside the SEC. So uh, I'm interested to see if they can pull any of those intra-conference transfers. Kobe Brown's a guy who I think would, would really flourish in the system, a guy who Alabama needs, right? You could pair him alongside Charles Bediaco. And then, you know, we kind of saw it in the, in the game against Notre Dame, right, when Charles was off the floor and Rojas was also hurt. Like Alabama just didn't have that length, didn't have that athleticism. And that's a guy – that's especially what Kobe Brown can bring you. Yeah, definitely. Keep an eye out a point guard out of Ohio, Mark Sears. Um, he is a, a Muscle Shoals native. Somebody – like Alabama is going to need a veteran point guard. I know that they're going to have, you know, young guys stepping into that position. But I think you need some kind of a veteran, especially if you're losing Quinterly and Shackelford and – J.D. Davis. And so Mark Sears is another guy that uh, I would definitely look for um, in the transfer portal. You know, somebody that could, you know, you talked about the mid-majors, well, Ohio, you know, um, he, he, I think he fits into NATO's system and being an Alabama kid it probably has a decent shot if they were to pursue him. So um, that, that, that's one to keep an eye on. Kobe Brown's another Alabama kid. Uh, he would be kind of in that like Jawan Gary mold, right? Like in, in terms of kind of adding that a little bit of scrap um and uh, Alabama fans don't need to uh, any introduction on him because he has killed Alabama in some recent games so if anything getting him you know away from Missouri and not having to face him would be a plus for Alabama but he's somebody too that could could add some post presence that they need um but those two would would definitely be targets and um you know there's bound to be some other guys that kind of pop up um in the future, whether it's in conference or some of these mid-major guys, um, you know, a lot of the, the mid-major guys um, it, it, we don't necessarily know about, but like um, it, a lot of those names, you know, those can be like the real big players and the, the real kind of hidden gems. So, um, I mean, just look at Noah Gurley and he's kind of came on late. Um, he came from Furman. So like those kind of players, I think could, could be big for Alabama next year. No girl will be back too. So, and then that's just another boost that Alabama's uh, going to get some experience, uh, right? And, and hopefully, you know, the team kind of just meshes more than what it did this past year uh, to go for a third straight NCAA tournament appearance. Uh, kind of closing the door on basketball right there, Tony. Let's talk spring football. One of the best things I saw this week was you guys back in in person media availability. <laughs> Uh, I, I know you guys are really fired up about that. Uh, enough Zoom, right? And I know Bryce said he was happy to see you guys again in person. Uh, but how great is it, man, just to, to really get back to normal? And I know last year, you know, things were in, in terms of fans, but not really from the media perspective because um, it was still over Zoom and everything. Yeah, I mean, really, outside of, like, the SEC championship game, it's the first time I've ever talked to Bryce Young and Will Anderson in person. You know what I'm saying? It's it, it, we haven't had these, you know, kind of, um, you know, live press conferences always been through zoom. And, um, it's not necessarily the huddle ups where we're like all standing around him. Um, like, like it had been in the past, but it's still more of a natural conversation. So I think you'll, 
get more, you know, I don't know, like natural moments. I thought it was really kind of cool to see Bryce say that he missed us or, you know, kind of Will Anderson was also happy to see us. I, I think the players like it too. It's a more organic conversation instead of talking to somebody through a computer. I say that as we are currently talking through a computer, but um, you know, I, I think that it's a, um, I think everyone likes kind of being face to face and kind of having that communication. So it will lead to better coverage in my opinion as well, because I think you're going to get more of an inside look at these players. So um, it'll be an exciting spring camp and it, anything that's, you know, kind of reverting back to normal, I think is going to be, uh, accepted by everyone. I think everybody, you know, misses the way things used to be. So, um, it's slowly, but surely getting back to that. So, um, you know, I, I, I commend Alabama for, for keeping everything safe, but it is whenever you get a chance to go back to how things were, it is a nice treat. So I, you know, and you definitely take it, uh, you don't take it for advantage because, um, you know, after dealing with, you know, without having it, you, you really re realize how cool it is to talk to these people in person and to get that kind of access. So um, definitely enjoy it. Now, I know a lot of other schools, right, had went to back to normal before uh, before Alabama did kind of really early on uh, about a year or so ago. But Alabama really milked this out. Right. And, and I mean, there's 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 meaning and purpose behind it all. Right. Being able to milk out. Uh, you can control the narrative. You can milk this thing out of just, hey, we're going to keep everything to ourselves. Because uh, if you remember last year, it was like, all right, everybody can come to practice. And then it was kind of shut off immediately, right? We're just going to send out video. Uh, but it's good to get you guys back there in person. Uh, let's talk spring football, man. What do you think so far coming out of this first uh, full week, Tony, has been maybe the uh, big takeaway for you? I think it's got to be the transfers that they, you know, Nick Saban's been very vocal about the transfers um, and he's only had positive things to say. And when you look at these three guys, I mean, it's three players that I fully expect to be not only starters, but pretty much stars on the team. Um, Jermaine Burton, it's a guy that, you know, he had 26 receptions and 30 targets last year. And that's crazy numbers. He was underutilized at Georgia. They didn't get him the ball. Like you would normally get a player of that stature, the ball, um, and so I, I think we haven't even seen what Jermaine Burton can do on a football field. I think he's going to be a special guy. I'm not sure he's, you know, he's not the same player as Jamison Williams. So he, it's kind of hard to compare those two, but I think he will make a big time impact. And he's a deep threat guy. I think he averaged like 19 yards per reception for Georgia. So he is a big, you know, play guy. Um, and then you look at Jameer Gibbs, Nick Saban talked about him the other day. Um, he's a guy that can do everything. Nick Saban talked about his receiving ability. Pro Football Focus said he was the highest graded receiver last year. Um, so he can be a third down option. He'd probably be the starting back. You know, I personally, you know, heading into this, I, I thought, you know, well, Alabama's going to spread the ball out a lot more in the backfield. That being said, Jameer Gibbs is good enough that he could maybe command a role similar to what Najee or Brian had. Now, um, I don't think that's necessarily what Alabama wants to do just because of all the talent they have in the backfield. But if he warrants that, then, you know, he's definitely got the skill set and the ability to, to be, you know, a three down back and, and to really get the ball a lot. Um, but, you know, Alabama's returning Jace McClellan and Roydell Williams and Troy, Trey Sanders and they're bringing in two freshmen. So, I mean, it's a lot of mouths to feed. And then, you know, finally with Eli Ricks, um, I expect him to be kind of the lockdown cornerback next to uh, or on the opposite side of Kool-Aid McKinstry. And he's a guy that you know, he's coming off a, a shoulder surgery. 
um, kind of last fall, he should be fine. Um, so as he gets stronger from that, I, if he returns back to the form we saw at LSU, I think he's going to be one of the best cornerbacks in the, uh, in the conference. And, you know, that's just kind of ramping things up on, on that Alabama defense, which is already going to have the, the nation's best pass rushing duo in Will Anderson and Dallas Turner. If you add a secondary behind them, you know, quarterbacks are already not going to have a lot of time to throw. If they have guys like Eli Ricks there to pick off the ball, it, it could get really, uh, really kind of deadly for opposing teams. So all three of those guys is, is really what I'm excited about. You mentioned Bryce talk about Jameer Gibbs and Jermaine Burton and those guys. What about Bryce though? You know, this is the first time ever Alabama has had a, a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. He's coming off of the, a great season. Uh, what, do, what do you think is realistic expectations for Bryce as he moves into uh, what is his final year at the capstone? Yeah, it, it's going to be tough to compare like statistically to last year, just because he was so good. And it's always tough to kind of like the year after that Heisman year. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, people don't win it two times in a row. It's almost, you get compared to your previous self, you know, you're not only competing against competition, you're competing against what people, what you did last year and everyone's going to judge you to, to that. Um, as far as expectations, I kind of expect more of the same. He was a very polished quarterback. I think there might be decisions that, you know, he made early on. Um, I think you'll probably see more mature, uh, you know, decisions. He, he might, you know, I don't think he's just going to suddenly decide to run the ball a lot more like, you know, some fans wanted him to. I think he is what he is in that regard. You know, he, he's that's his style of being a quarterback. Um outside of like just, you know, the overall maturity that comes with being a quarterback, I expect him to just kind of be what he was last year. And th that will certainly be good enough for Alabama. I mean, shoot, he's the, the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, but I, I think if he does exactly what he did last year, he'll, he'll be probably the number one pick overall uh, in the draft next year. So um, he's a, such a talented kid. He's probably going to go down uh, in history as the best Alabama quarterback. Um in, in program history. So uh, there's not, there's not much, much more you can say about them. Um, my expectations are really for Bryce Young to be Bryce Young, which is pretty special. <laughs> yeah. And you know, look at the odds right now. He is the, the odds on favorite to repeat as a high trophy winner uh, at two to one CJ Strouds there at four to one. Caleb Williams is obviously a hot name at nine to one, but John Robinson, the Texas running back at 15 to one. And then DJ Uyunglele, at 20 to one. So Bryce obviously standing out among the rest. Uh, I, would, I would be shocked if he won the Heisman. Um, I just don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to win two yeah. years in a row, especially now, you know, you look at last year, Alabama's had that running back crisis. So they didn't really have a running game to lean on. Um, it almost, you know, as, as good as Bryce Young is going to be talent wise. And you know, I expect him to, to be a good quarterback. It almost makes sense for Alabama just to run the ball more, and kind of give its defense some rest because the defense could be so good. And like that, they might just lean on their running game and their defense. Cause that's what this team's built for. And that's not to say that like Bryce young, isn't good enough or he's taking a step back. It just might be like what helps them win games. So um, from a number standpoint, and also from a, like, like I said, he's going to be competing against himself. I just don't see him winning the Heisman, but that's not me knocking Bryce Young or even saying that he's going to take a step down. It's just, it's almost impossible to win the Heisman two years in a row. Let's see. Only two guys have done it before. Only one guy has done it. Yeah. Archie Griffin is the only person that, that has done it. Tim Tebow came close. I mean, so some people came close to doing it, but um, yeah, it's only one. 
That's right. Uh, I, I was I, I knew Archie, and I was thinking Tebow, but Tebow got very, very close. It seemed like he was almost a finalist every single year um, with him taking it home uh, uh, one of those years. Mark Ingram prevented yeah. him from doing it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's flip over to the defense. You mentioned it a little bit there, how good, how special it could be. Will Anderson kind of told you guys earlier this week what he thought about it, right? A more experienced group, a group that's that's really just hungry, right? Yeah, it's going to be a nasty group, and there's not a lot of holes in it. I mean, I think some people have said that the defensive line could be a hole, but even then you're having three, you know, your three starters will be seniors. You know what I'm saying? You got DJ Dale coming in the coming in the middle. Um, you've got, you know, um, Byron Young and Justin Aboigbe. Um, you're losing the pass rushing of, uh, you know, like uh, Fidarian Mathis. Maybe you get that from Tim Smith or Damon Payne or somebody like that. Um, that that would be the hope for Alabama is to kind of replicate or find somebody that could provide that same kind of inside pass rush. But other than that, I I, I don't really know what the hole is for Alabama. Maybe inside linebacker next to Henry Tuatoa. Henry Tuatoa was kind of like streaky last year. He had some really good games and some not so great games. Uh, if you take away Christian Harris and and you're putting in like a Jalen Moody or maybe a Deontay Lawson or who knows maybe even Jahad Campbell. Um, Beside Henry Tuatoa, maybe that's a whole – you're stretching it there. The edge rushing is going to be really good. And I think the secondary with Ricks and Kool-Aid and, and Jordan Battle and DeMarco Hellams and Brian Branch and Malachi Moore, I mean, that's pretty loaded secondary. So not a lot of holes. Uh, maybe you could say up front. Maybe you could say in the middle. Even those, though, I don't think are really big holes. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, Tony, one thing I'm, I'm just interested this offseason to kind of see how things shape up is, is year two of the NIL era, right? Um, I'm kind of interested to see how this continues to shape locker room dynamics, uh, you know, players, uh, you know, what, kind, what, what is their earning potential still? Uh, and, and I know Will Anderson is a player, right, who, who obviously chose not to search for those deals and not to really make those a priority, which I think Saban obviously loves that. Uh, some other players did. And I know Bryce in this offseason, right, uh, BMW, Tuscaloosa, the, you, know, uh, you know, I saw he had a deal with them. Just kind of, you know, are you hearing anything maybe about NIL with, with some of these Alabama players and how it's affecting them? I don't think it's been an issue. I mean, look, if it was going to be an issue – if players getting jealous or anything, they would have already gotten jealous of Bryce Young. I, I, I think if Alabama was to start losing or if they had like a really bad season, maybe things would pop up where people would start pointing to that. Um, but it just hasn't really been a problem. I, I think when you look at like what went wrong for Alabama last year, it wasn't NIL. I don't think, you know, I don't buy that like players weren't as bought in because of NIL. Like that's certainly didn't seem yeah. like the case at all. Um, so I think really it's just injuries that, that kind of got to Alabama injuries and in a really good Georgia team got to Alabama. Um, so I, I don't think that that'll be a, a problem. I think when you look at NAL and how it could affect Alabama, I think, you know, recruiting, I guess, I mean, like, I, I you know, no one really, there's rumors of who this $8 million player was, but, um, Nobody really knows who that was, but, you know, if players are getting $8 million to sign somewhere, um, it's really hard to compete against that. Uh, and that kind of goes again, kind of towards what Nick Saban was saying is he 
wants these players to get these kind of deals after they go to college and not so much contingent on them going to a certain place. And that's, that's kind of a gray area where, you know, it does get a little bit fishy and, and that's not really in the spirit of what we were trying to do with NIL, but, you know, um, the, you know, that being said, I think that's really maybe the only way that, you know, Alabama would be affected that even that Tyler, I mean, like if that's the way things are going to go, it's not like Alabama is like some poverty school. It doesn't have rich, uh, yeah. you know, alumni that could just also pay kids millions of dollars. I mean, if Alabama boosters see that they're losing kids for million or so dollars, you're going to see Alabama players get the same deals, you know? So I, you know, it's kind of like, I, I don't want college football to become the minor leagues. You know, I want these kids to make money, but like, you know, I, I don't know. There is an amateurism that is kind of, you know, makes this sport what it is. And while I want the players to be compensated and have all their opportunities, it's like you don't want to lose that. And so like when you start, you know, $8 million, Tyler, is more than a lot of these NFL players are making. So um, yeah. that's that's kind of a weird, you know, dynamic. Uh, but uh, outside of that, you know, it, it, unless that becomes a concern, I, I really don't mind. NIL, I think it's fine. I think a lot of it gets overblown. Yeah, me too, 100%. I, I'm right there on the same line of thinking you are, Tony. Uh, and, I, and I asked that because it's a good segue into recruiting. I wanted to take some time to talk recruiting. Uh, earlier this week, Tennessee landed five-star uh, Nico. I, I'm going to let you pronounce his last name, Tony, because on a couple other podcasts, you did it better than me. Yeah, so uh, hold on. I need, to, I need to see it in front of me. He's Nico Yamala. Yamalieva, Yamalieva, Nico Yamalieva. See, in Knoxville, you're just going to be Nico, and that's just going to be the easy way to say it. Yeah, it, the I-A-M makes a yam sound. Okay. Like yam, you know, like e uh, you know, like so, yeah. See, you're, you're a Bama football expert, and you're also a Polynesian expert, and we, we appreciate You've got a tough last name, too, so. <laughs> yeah, I try to – you know, I, I, still, I still can't say him, and that and Uyunga Gale or whatever, I, I, it, it's really tough. Um, but as someone that has a difficult last name, I, I like to say other people with difficult last names name right because I know what it's like to not have it right. So <laughs> I yeah, always make an effort. So, so he goes to Tennessee. Eli Holstein, a guy me and you have talked about on the site and on here before, right, decommits from Texas A&M. Uh, we talked about Alabama beginning to kind of put some heat there. Uh, he, he schedules another visit to Alabama, his second of the month. And guess who else has a visit to Alabama soon? Arch Manning the most talked about recruit in this entire class. Um, so quarterbacks in the 2023 class, uh, an interesting dynamic, right? Because for Alabama, I mean, you've got to make sure you're right. You get that guy, uh, you know, that elite guy at the position after Bryce Young. Um, and, and you see, the, and, you know, Nico go to Tennessee. And now it appears, right, the two top targets, Eli Holstein and Arch Manning. Those are, those definitely seem to be the, the, the two. And, you know, I think it's really telling that, Eli Holstein has made two visits now. I mean, by the time you're listening to this podcast, he'll probably be, you know, either on his way to Tuscaloosa or in Tuscaloosa. So yeah, the fact that he's made two visits to Alabama this month is, is really telling. It'll be his third overall, I believe, because he visited last summer before committing to Texas A&M. And look, everyone wants to talk about uh, Arch Manning and for good reason, that guy's really, really good. But um, Eli Holstein's a, 
quite the player himself, you know, over 15 games last season, uh, he led his team to an undefeated record. He was through for 3,228 yards and 30 touchdowns with six interceptions. Um, and I think he ran for quite a bit too. I, I don't have those numbers right in front of me, but I, I know he's a guy that can run the ball as well as throw it, you know, so um, he definitely fits in the line of elite quarterbacks that Alabama has been bringing in kind of like Ty Simpson kind of in that mold of like, those kind of guys. Um, I don't know if he's like quite at the Bryce Young level. I, to be honest with you, I don't know if Arch Manning's at the Bryce Young level, if we're, if we're really being honest. Uh, but both of those guys are good. And so is Ty Simpson. And so is Jalen Milrow. So I think Alabama is going to be well stocked if they can land one of those guys to, to replace Bryce Young, whether it be with a true freshman, which kind of seems like a, like a far step. But then also maybe with Ty Simpson or, or Jalen Milrow. So um, it's becoming a quarterback factory. And after this year, there's a good chance Alabama will have four starters in the NFL. And that's that's pretty crazy when there's only 32 teams. And, and it's interesting, too, because Alabama and this coaching staff and, you know, uh, and Bill O'Brien, Nick Saban, like what, what's got to happen, though, is you, they're playing an interesting game because, you know, you already mentioned it, three visits in the last calendar year now for Eli Holstein – with Arch Manning, you know, it seems like it's Alabama, Georgia, Texas, right, are those three big schools that are chasing him. So you think about it, like, Alabama's not going to take two quarterbacks of that caliber, right? So, you know, do, do you put the pressure on Holstein if you don't think you're going to get Arch? Or do you go after Arch, um, you know, with the intent of you don't want to kind of burn a bridge with Eli Holstein either? I think Alabama's going to go after – keep after both of them and I think you know I think everyone was kind of waiting on Arch to, to be the first one and I think Nico just said no I, I'll set the tone and I'll be the first one um, a lot of people think that you know maybe a big NIL deal had to do with that uh, if you go back to our you know pre previous conversation but um, I think now I, if I'm Eli I kind of like almost wait on Arch you know what I'm saying like you know, I think I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if Arch Manning was to commit to Texas, that Eli Holstein commits to a school right away. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think you're going to see these dominoes start to fall. And so I, I think that there's some politics that go into it. I don't think anyone wants to be viewed as quarterback B or quarterback two on the, you know, on the target list. But Arch Manning is, is a really sought after recruit, probably one of the most sought after and, and biggest names we've had in a while. Um, so I, I, I think that, you know, Alvin is definitely not going to say no to him. And, and so maybe, I don't know if they even going to drag their feet on, on Eli Holstein. I wouldn't call it that. I just think that like, there's a domino that's going to happen. I don't think Eli Holstein doesn't sound like he's in a rush. So I think Alabama is going to continue to like stay on him and, and be on his radar because um, I, I would assume that, that Arch Manning is the number one target. That's kind of like what it, what it feels like at the moment. So I would assume if they, you know, kind of keep Eli Holstein right there. So if they don't get Arch, then they can grab him. Yeah. Arch expected to be in Tuscaloosa the first weekend of April, uh, April would be busy, man. You know, recruit visits. You got a day. Uh, that's that's going to be a really really busy time. And right now, I mean, like I said, Texas, Georgia, Alabama seem to really be a three. I know he's going to visit Ole Miss, LSU, and Florida as well. Um, but Texas, man, it seems like the school. I mean, it looks like you know it's going to be Steve Sarkeesian 
versus Nick Saban for him for his services. And uh, that's going to be an interesting battle uh, for sure. And both teams have other talented quarterbacks, young quarterbacks when on their roster as well. Is so, I mean, yeah. So, uh, but I don't think that's going to bother an Arch Manning, just like, you know, it's not going to bother Eli Holstein either. They, these, these are guys that are elite quarterbacks that yeah. are going to have, the, they're going to bet on themselves wherever they go. Um, you know, you, hey, look, it's kind of shifting gears a little bit too. You know, talk about recruiting and, and, and meaningful recruits, Tyler. Uh, how about one for this coming season in, in Tyler Steen, uh, the offensive tackle uh, from Vanderbilt? He'll be here this week and it won't be just, you talked about, you know, it's coming to be a busy month. I mean, like you could argue that he's more important, you know, for the current scheme of things than, than Eli Holstein is in terms of this weekend's visitors. Um, yeah. Tyler Steen is a, a, a big name as well. He could be a guy that I fully expect if he was to come to Alabama would be plugged into that starting five, possibly at left tackle, you know, and that could really help um, fill out Alabama's offensive line, which has been a real big question mark this spring. Yeah, I'm glad you bring up the Vanderbilt transfer there and Tyler Steen. You know, if if he you know if he does end up going to Alabama, it's kind of like, you know, that battle for left tackle, right? You know, uh, you know, Damian George, J.C. Latham, uh, Javion Cohen. You know, guys who are battling for this position. Uh, you know that that would shake some things up and kind of you know kick some guys uh, to the curb for the majority of the playing time in 2022. Um, that to me right there is, is the great thing about the transfer portal, right? Is if you've got question marks at a position, you can say, well, let me just go grab somebody real quick, right? Uh, and, and plug and play. And I think that's, I think that's a great thing about the transfer portal. Yeah, I think, and look, the Tyler Steen would give Alabama options as cool as it sounds, you know, or as much as Alabama fans want to have Tommy Brockermeyer and JC Latham, the two five-star tackles from last class, you know, come in and just be starters. You don't put two starting tackles that have never started a game in their life protecting a Heisman winner. You have to have somebody with some kind of experience. And so um, I really think that either means having a guy like Damian George who really struggled at the tackle position at tackle or moving JV on Cohen, you know, to a tackle position. But then what do you do with the guard position? If you get Tyler Steen, you could plug him in as one of those tackles. And then it's a lot easier to take a chance with one of, you know, JC Latham or Tommy Brockermeyer at the other tackle spot uh, than it is to have two new tackles on either side. So let's say you get Tyler Steen, he plugs in at left tackle. Well, now you have an option. Like maybe if you could just go super experienced and go JV on Cohen at right tackle. You know, and then you have two experienced guys. It also allows you to, you know, keep Cohen at guard. Um, and, you know, you could move George at that point to guard, put Latham at tackle, and then you could even put Ekiar at center. I'd love to see Emil Ekiar at center. I'm not totally sold on Seth McLaughlin or Darian Dalcourt. So I like the idea. I mean, if they were to get Tyler Steen, I love this offensive line of Steen, Cohen, Eki or George, who I think is going to be a good guard, but I don't necessarily love him at tackle. And then um, JC Latham on that right tackle. I think that is a, a really sound offensive line. And, um, you know, but you need that experience at the tackle position that Tyler Steen gives you. 
And that five right there it would be the most experienced combination. And what makes these Alabama, these great Alabama offensive lines, right? It is a great center. I think that's the key, right, to anchor it all down. But I think experience is the biggest thing. Um, and you see, and that's another thing is like, you know, when Alabama is able to go get the, these guys in the portal, they're getting experienced players, right? They're not just getting guys who, oh, I tried to one score for one year. No, they're, they're getting experienced players. Uh, but on a joking side, Tony, not many times will Alabama uh, be looking to Vanderbilt uh, to kind of fill some needs. No, not not very many. But, um, you know, I think Tyler Steen was a guy that, like, you know, he comes from St. Thomas Aquinas High School. He comes from a really smart family. His brother's currently playing at Virginia. So, you know, like, part of the reason why he chose Vanderbilt was because of the education. He probably could have went to some quote unquote, like better schools for, especially for, 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 for football. So, I mean, it's not like he's just this, you know, talentless kid that, you know, started for plucky Vanderbilt. You know, I think that he's a, he's a talented guy. I mean, he started, he's been a starter since his sophomore year of college. So um, I, I think that, you know, he's, he's a definite talent. Is he Evan Neal? No, he's not like, you know, and does he have necessarily as much like, maybe like God-given talent as JC Latham and, and Tommy Brockermeyer still probably know, but it, it's not just talent. You know, if it was just talent, then, you know, JC Latham would have started last year, you know? Um, so I, I think that experience is, is key. Um, you know, back to the, you know, the center position, I, I'm check me if I'm wrong and I might be forgetting one, there might be one year, but like all of Alabama's national championship teams, at least the most recent ones have all had a team captain at center. Um, and I just think that if that's going to happen this year, it's probably going to be uh, Emil Echior. I see him being like one, that, that guy to like take over that role. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now I'm thinking in my head right now, let's see Landon Dickerson in 20, Bradley Bozeman, Bradley Bozeman, Brian Kelly, Ryan Kelly, uh, yeah, Derek Jones. Yeah. I don't know what uh, the first one, uh, would that be William Blahos? Was he a captain? I'd have to, I'd have to, I'd have to look that up. He might, he even might've been a captain too. So maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, uh, but regardless, a guy who players on the team just, you know, kind of admired, right. Really mm -hmm. respected. That's kind of maybe the secret sauce right there for, you know, kind of telling the markings of a Nick Saban championship team. Uh, but, Tony, let's end with this, man. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot right here. Uh, who – I mean, it could be Tyler Steen. Next to commit to Alabama is who? Ooh. Um, I Probably the the two people we – well, I, no, I actually don't think it'll be Holstein because I think that the quarterback position is just going to drag a little bit. I, it, it really could be Tyler Steen. I think right now – uh, if because he wants to make his decision, he said before, and it, you know, I talked to his dad too. We have an article on the site, kind of wants to make his decision by the end of March. I think this is like his last visit that he's going to take, unless something pops up. So, yeah, I think it could be Tyler Steen because if things go well and he likes this Alabama visit, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, on Tuesday, we start we see that or Monday or Tuesday, you know, when he has some time to kind of think about it, he goes ahead and pulls the trigger. I, that wouldn't super shock me, uh, if things really go well this weekend for him. Hey, and we've had John Garcia on here before, and he told us the two most important visits, the first and the last. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. Um, Eric Wilford has been, like, on him. Uh, his dad has told me that he's, like, a, an ultimate closer, and he finds ways to, to, to communicate to them every, every day. Maybe he'll send a picture one day or a quote, but he's, like, constantly in communication. Um, and so, that you know, 
Tyler Steen has a pretty good connection with Alabama. You know, I think he's going to shoot the, the weather. Uh, you know, if it's anything like it is today, it's going to be really nice for him. So make for a nice visit. Um, and, you know, I think he'll get to see practice. Uh, so I, I think that uh, it could be a really big weekend for Alabama. It'd be huge. It'd be huge. Tony, thank you for coming on here so much, man, talking uh, basketball, football, all of the sports at the University of Alabama right now, man. We appreciate your coverage and what you do for Bama Central, man. Oh, yeah, man. Anytime. I love being on the podcast. All right. For Tony Sukalas, I'm Todd Martin. This has been another edition of the All Things Bama Podcast. Thank you for watching and listening.